Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere. It is a Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. The content does not end. The fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio to get you through the hell that the weekend can be. Now, normally people look forward to the weekend, but sometimes you have nothing to do. But we are here to liven things up, Danny G, even on a Saturday. How's your bracket looking? Is it already in the trash can? Well, they call me Benny Brackets for a reason, Danny G. As you can see on the company website, I was requested by management to fill out a bracket. And I told them, I said, I'm going to win that TV is what I'm going to win. Now, you're going to give me that TV. And as they, long as it's a yeah. Westinghouse. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Westinghouse. <laughs> it's a big sponsor, which I think I read 17,000 times and all that stuff. But uh, the, the NCAA tournament, a big, a big festivus year on this uh, on this weekend. And that's what it's all about. I'm sure, you know, from Black Friday. Racist. Westinghouse is the TV that people line up for for blocks. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I hear you. you know, there's, there's a million different TV companies, Danny G, and the Westinghouse, an all timer, a classic. It, it never goes out of style. Uh, <laughs> I've got on this podcast, I've got uh, my, I've, I've got uh, Wizard. We've got that. We've got Back Scratcher, Flipping the Bird with a Mask, a Swing and a Miss, and Ghosted. That's a lot of content. That's a, that's a lot of content in a limited amount of time. So let's get right into it. What do you say here? You ready to go? Yay. All right. This is uh, exciting. Uh, very exciting. So as you referenced, Danny, it is that time of the year again. As everyone in sports radio, we all undergo a metamorphosis. And it's like transforming. Like It's like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And uh, we're all college basketball experts all of a sudden. You know, abracadabra, hocus pocus. College basketball does not get a lot of play on radio. It just doesn't. I was talking to a radio friend of mine back east, and he thinks that the the COVID shutdown of the NCAA tournament in 2020 was the the final blow to college basketball, completely knocking it out of the zeitgeist. Of, uh, of people. Now, I'm not there yet. I'm not quite there yet. And I get into the term and I have some reasons for that. They do call me, as I said, Benny Brackets and all that. But we're all experts on college basketball. So I have been, Danny, over the last couple weeks leading into this weekend as we chop the field down from 64 and whittle it away. Uh, or actually, it was 68 with the playing games back early in the week. But uh, so I've been immersing myself in NCAA hoops over the last couple of weeks, actually. It is the most wondrous time of the year for office pools, for, for gambling and all this stuff with March Madness. Now, uh, we have it on, uh, you know, at the Maller Mansion uh, nonstop. But for me, it's all about the wizard, Danny. It's all about the wizard. Before you go, what do you think about the wizard? As in the wizard of Westwood. John R. Wooden. A legend. 
Well, the legend, as you as you know, I'm an ambassador for the memory, the legacy of John Wooden. You're saying, what is that, you gas bag, you blowhard? Well, let me explain. So this will be my 20th year voting for the John R. Wooden Award. And uh, see, you know, I've talked about it from time to time. It is really cool. I like it. I mean, we kid around about it and all that. But I don't need the Heisman. Uh, I don't need the the MVP, the Cy Young, any of that stuff. I, I, I don't need it because I have a vote. I have a there's a limited number of votes available, media votes, and I, I get to vote for the, the award. So pound for pound, Danny, for my money, the wooden award is at the very top. It is filet mignon. Wrong. Now, how did you get this back in the day? Did you apply for it? Were they desperate? <laughs> no, I got a great story. So uh, there was a, a well-known sportscaster in Los Angeles named Ed Arnold. Ed worked at Channel 5 in L.A., KTLA, and I was friends with Ed. Ed was very nice to me early on in my career when no one should have been nice to me. No one should have done anything cool to me. But he was very kind to me, and he kind of you know, led me uh, you know, down the path to, to have a career in radio. One of the people that was very positive to me, and I'm very grateful to Ed Arnold. And Ed was a longtime TV sportscaster in L.A., and he, he said, you know what, Ben? You know, he came up to me. At, at, it was actually at Dodger Stadium. And, and said, you know, you've been, you know, you, 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 I forget exactly what he said. But he was very kind, something along the lines, you know, I think you're going to go places, whatever. So he, he wanted me to vote for the Wooden Award. And uh, I, this is, you know, long, long, long ago. And I've been in the business for a while. So I wasn't like a, a young, totally young pup, but uh, gave me the, the Wooden Award vote. And my first year voting was 2002. And Jay Williams, who's now on ESPN, but he was at wow. Duke. Uh, he was the the Wooden Award winner that year. And over the years, we've had legends like Kevin Durant won the Wooden Award. Uh, Andrew Bogut was a number one pick for, I think it was the Bucks, but he won the Wooden Award. J.J. Redick. Uh, and then there were like college legends like Jimmer Fredette, who I loved at BYU, uh, Jimmer Fredette, but he didn't make it in the NBA. Zion Williamson won it. He's a stiff in the NBA right now, but it's been a lot of fun. So it's been a lot of fun. And does one player come to mind that you went against the grain? You voted for somebody that wasn't the popular choice. Well, I did vote and he ended up winning the award. But at the time, Jameer Nelson, you remember Jameer Nelson, a little guard out of St. Joe's, I believe it was in Philly. And he had a decent NBA career, Uh, but I I, I remember voting for him. And for the uh, magic, right? Yeah. The Orlando magic among other teams, pretty good career. I'm, guessing he's fully vested in the NBA pension. Yeah. They, they send out a watch list for the wooden award. And so once I get the watch list, that's, that's who I look at. That's my guys. I, I try to watch as many of those games as I can. And, uh, and, and I'm waiting actually my, my have the ballot. It's an online vote. It's a secure online vote like everything these days. And so I'm waiting until the 11th hour to fill out the ballot. It's I'm waiting till this weekend's done just so I get one last look at the top guys in the tournament. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll finish up. And then right after the show, Sunday into Monday. So tomorrow night after the show, so early Monday morning, just before the deadline, when they lock the vote, I have set an alarm on my iPhone to make sure I don't screw this up. Cause I, I got concerned last year, uh, Danny, I, 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 I changed my email address. My email address changed. And I was worried I was going to get to vote. Eddie reminded me, and so I, I was in a panic. I was in a tizzy. I'll play with Eddie. So. 
Yeah, you uh, can't screw this up after 20 years. No, nah, no, nah, you got to keep uh, got to keep voting. And you know, John Woodney's famous. I would say the most famous quote. Wooden's, of course, known as in college basketball circles as the, the goat of all time and all that stuff. But the the one quote from Wooden, he had the seven point creed, which I'm sure you've heard, Danny, over the years, a seven point creed. But there's one line in that that has been repeated ad nauseum. It's point number three in the seven point creed. Now, point number one is be true to yourself. Point number two is help others. The third one is the money quote. And it's make each day your masterpiece. What do you want from me? It's a great quote. That is good. It's a wonderful line. Make every If you just make every day your masterpiece, it's a life well lived. Too bad a lot of our days are like finger painting. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, and he had wouldn't spend a lot of time coming up with like sayings and things to put on signs. He had the pyramid of success, which is another thing he came up with, which is the, you know, 25 behaviors to be a successful person in life and all that stuff, which I don't know. How many of these do you think you actually connect on Danny? Well, I'll give you the 25 real quick. You got, you got faith, patience. Now it went up to 3 billion. Fight. Slap me around a little bit. Competitive greatness, integrity, resourcefulness, poise, confidence, reliability, adaptability, condition, skills. I'm going to start to whack off right now. Team spirit. We're good. Streaking. Honesty, ambition, self-control, alertness. I have a huge basketball IQ. Initiative. Uh, what else do you have? Sincerity, uh, friendship, industrialness, loyalty, cooperation, enthusiasm, intentness also on the, on the list. Wow. Just like the great Jerry West throwing his MVP trophy through the window on the new HBO Lakers drama. I haven't seen that. I've heard they made Jerry look like a douchebag. I have not seen that. What's wrong with your Clippers? He doesn't uh, come off as the nicest guy. <laughs> But definitely comes off as a basketball savant. Yeah. Yeah, I have not I've not checked that out. I I don't know. Is it worth well, I'm, not, I'm not a Laker like guy, so I don't know. Yeah, but I, th- I think you would like it, regardless of if you're a Laker guy or not. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to mention before I forget, uh, that we had a passing this week of someone that I knew, and you know, I didn't get to it on the radio show, so bad job by me. Uh, you probably know who this guy is, Danny G, from your Laker fandom. Alan Massengill, the oh, great yeah. Alan Massengill yeah. passed away. He had been very sick. He had colon cancer for years. And Alan, uh, someone that, uh, you know, again, we, we crossed paths back when he was doing, he was doing the Lakers stuff on KCAL. Yeah. In LA. Yeah. Him and I think it was James Worthy would be on after, after Laker games, but uh, Alan, very good guy. He was one of the originals at ESPN. And I, the thing I loved about Alan Massengale was he was always kind of down to earth. And he could have been a total dick because a lot of people I've known that worked at ESPN back in the heyday. And he worked kind of work, he worked there before that it really became you know, the monster that it eventually became. And now it's not quite as mon- not as big a monster as it was, but, but he worked there and he was always in the early days and uh, very, very cool guy from Florida, from the South, I believe he's from Florida. Uh, and he had been sick. I guess he, he fell and then he ended up uh, passing away as a result of the fall. Cause he had been in poor health. For a long time, but rest in peace, Alan Massengill, uh, a, a longtime L.A. sportscaster, but a guy that 
that worked at ESPN in the early days and uh, did some Laker broadcasting stuff post game. So uh, rest, rest to be way too young. I mean, you know, it's never a right time to die, but he was, I think he was 63 years old. She's even younger than my mom. My mom died. She was 66. So. Yeah. I was sad to see that report. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have the, uh, we went from the wizard to the back scratcher. We got to do it again. Now last week we lamented the fact, Danny, that, that no one, no one really gave us any love on the reviews. Remember we were like, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we got crickets was all we got. And uh, it was depressing and all that stuff, you know, like, very sad. The good news is we got a bunch, a six pack uh, this week. These are actual. And the deal is, Danny, if people send a review in on the Apple podcast page, we will read the review. That's what we agreed to. Right. Let's fucking go. All right, let's fucking go. Uh, so Mario is God sent in uh, Maller, the Mensch and Danny G radio updated and repackaged golden ticket awarded review would have given more than five stars. If possible, if you're a fan of the Ben Maller show on Fox sports radio weekdays, two a.m. to six, or even if you're not, you will find these podcasts thoroughly entertaining. Friday editions are generally an interview conversation with someone in entertainment, sports, or communication fields. Saturday is a mix of conversation, the life and times of Maller, an interesting survey, study findings. Sunday is the mailbag. Listeners submitted questions via the Facebook fan page or email. Uh, and Mario is God says, I highly recommend all of these podcasts and thoroughly enjoy listening to Ben. Well, thank you. The addition of Danny G has turned a three-course meal of podcast to an all-you-can-eat buffet for your eardrums. Wow. Did you write this, Danny? Did your Tinderoni wow. write this? No. All right. Uh, what are you waiting for? Subscribe and download this podcast as well as past episodes. Uh, that is from Mario is God. Thank you for that. Five stars from Mario. Very kind. Uh, here's one from Logan in Memphis, Tennessee. He says, uh, dear Ken Miller. I like that. Love the show. I am so glad Logan writes Danny G is back and better than ever. I listen to the radio show in podcast form every day. I work during the day. Also download the podcast on two different devices to help boost the numbers. Thank you. God bless you. Mazel tov. You're a mensch. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, that's from Logan in Memphis. So that was very kind. Wow. Two really good ones in a row there. Yeah. Two good ones. You got Craigster. Uh, he wrote in, uh, you uh, says, great work. You and Danny put on a great show. Massage story was hilarious, Danny. Who, me? <laughs> hilarious. I got to just uh, go to shady massage parlors every single week. So what all about? Just have uh, random uh, women uh, sitting on your Tinderoni's backside. Uh, and, show uh, research. Yes, yes. Doing the Dr. Evil fingers right now. Show research <laughs> on the tushy i want a camel yes all right uh james the pool guy writes and james been with the show for a long time we go way back he says uh, must listen podcast just when i think ben maller and danny g can't do any better they open up a fresh can uh, fresh cans of honest hard-hitting takes on sports and everyday life these shows get better every week been listening to ben's radio show for almost 10 years that's a round number two Radio Legends. That's from James the Pool Guy. Two guys is enough for me. Very nice. couple more here. This is from uh, 
Oh, there's not really a name on this one. It says Lou OX and then a bunch of other random letters. So we'll just call this person Lou, but I don't even know if that's their name. They didn't sign their name, which is fine. This uh, Thanks a lot for the lack of sleep. The review, five stars. I received the link you sent me. I have been listening for a couple of years. Oh, this must be the donut guy. I've been listening for a couple of years now. The monologues are normally spot on. Your cynical mind is one of a kind. I listen every night or listen to download shows until you are live. Keep it up. The fifth hour has been better with Danny G. The staff is awesome. The militia is something else. Thanks for keeping me tired all day. That's uh, from, I believe that's from, that means not, no, that's from Lou. The other one's from Benman, but thank you, Lou, or whatever your actual real name is. Uh, we appreciate that. What a guy. Uh, thank you. Uh, last one from, let's see here, from Rami. I believe it's from Rami. Uh, my eyes are deceiving me here. It says, just the beginning. Uh, he says, man, 12-hour shifts would be immensely tough to tackle without you, Ben. Truly, I noticed myself blast through the Ben Maller podcast by noon. I can already be done with all four hours most days. At least Fridays and Mondays are now filled with a little extra juice. No juice. To help make it through the day, the banter is so enjoyable, no matter who's on set with Ben, uh, all because... Uh, like he says, he's not some regular sports gas bagger, blowhard. Ben's uh, genuine, uh, blah, 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 blah. Very nice there. Even if that means he admits liking the Clippers. Wow. Oh. Yeah, he says, uh, hashtag, what's still wrong with the Clippers? What is still wrong with the Clippers? How dare you. How One of the best you. props ever. That was from David in Boston. Was that a total of six? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think we're, I think that's all six. I mean, Mario, we had Craig, uh, James, the pool guy, this guy, Lou, and then Vinman or Rami, Rami. I think that's all. Am I right on that? Yeah. I think Four, so. five, uh, so we had the, the dear Ken Miller one. Oh, from okay. Logan. That was Logan. So that was Logan. Story. Our guy, Logan in Memphis, Tennessee, one of the great barbecue cities, uh, in, in America. So I'm told. So flipping the bird with a mask. What is this about Danny G? What are we what are we dealing with this one? Well, on yesterday's podcast, I was talking a little bit about how Monday was the first day that California schools were no longer requiring you who work there at the school or students to have to wear a mask. It was optional. In fact, we went around the campus and hung up these flyers that showed a picture of a girl with her thumb up a box that was checked saying, I am comfortable without a mask. <laughs> and, then, and then another picture of her with the other thumb up saying, I am comfortable with my mask. All the cheesiness that you would expect from the school districts here in California. Of course, this uh, is a big deal. They, were they still trying to encourage the, the kids like overwhelming? Like, yeah, you should just keep wearing the mask and all that. Don't don't stop. Wearing. Were they still trying? No, to you no. don't know. I, I, well, at least the uh, the school that I work for, I got to give them props because they didn't say anything to the staff like that. They didn't say anything to the students. They only hung those those flyers up. So I was like, all right, cool. I mean, it's up to us what we want to do. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking the parents are going to show up on Monday morning, drop off the kids. They are going to run in, screaming with their friends with no masks on. Mm -hmm. Sure. My morning shift, I'm out there in front of the school. Some of my responsibilities are with the gate. You're like so, the, you're shepherding them in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm the muscle 
right outside the main gates. You were the ranchero leading <laughs> down. Yes, I hear. Yeah, so I got my walkie-talkie that looked very official. Parents are pulling up, but I noticed something, Ben, that caught me off guard. Okay. There were parents inside their cars wearing masks. I'm talking both parents with a mask on, two kids in the back seat, both wearing masks. And then the parents push the kids out of the car. And what I heard the parents say was, and do not take it off the entire day. No, really? Yes. Oh, yes. You can light me on fire. And they're looking right at me too. Like you scumbag without a mask. I see you. Oh, really? Oh, so it man. felt like not so subtle way of flipping me off with their masks on. Well, all of you are getting sick now. Yeah. Because some of the masks are off. We're going to double up our masks and wear them inside oh, the car. Bull crap. That's bull crap. Oh, Ben, I saw at least six or seven cars Monday morning where that was their vibe. That's what was going on. And these are the same cars I've seen before where they don't have masks on normally inside the car. Yeah. You have to have a very low IQ to be driving with your family or no, by I yourself agree. and wearing a mask in your car. No, I agree with you. Well, the problem is, first of all, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, secondly, it's, you know, bad, you know, bad habits die hard. Right? So once mm -hmm. I, that, that's the issue here. See, the problem is people have, we're all creatures of habit. And I see the yeah, same yeah. thing. I'm driving around, you know, I'll drive around where I'm, where I'm living now. And I'll see people walking by themselves on a beautiful day in California and they've got the mask all you know covering their face. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, what, what are we doing? but they, they, they estimate. I remember this years ago because I was trying to lose weight. I could never lose weight. And I was like, what the hell? And because you got to change your habits. But the problem is, once people change their habits, it takes like over two months. They they estimate scientists. They, they did a study years ago. Maybe it's changed. But human behavior, something becomes automatic in 66 days. They say that's exact. That's a sweet spot for on average, 66 days. If you want to change something, you have to do it for 66 days. And then at that point, it just becomes part of you. And we are two years into this, Danny. Almost. Uh, I think we're over the two year mark for the mass thing. Maybe not, but we're close to it. Two years into the mass thing. People have been now hardwired. It's like Pavlov's dogs to wear the mask. So now they have to be hardwired the other way. And I was telling, I was telling a buddy of mine, like when I, when I was growing up and I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but when I, when I was a kid, my mom, God rest her soul. She, she hoarded like everything because she grew up in a household that her parents went through the depression. And so for her, you know, I had to have, you know, as when you had the opportunity to buy a million rolls of toilet paper or Saran wrap or aluminum foil, she would load up for like the nuclear winter and that was the rest of her entire life. She did that because of the trauma as a kid. And so I think we're going to have the same bull crap. These poor kids of today, you know, we'll be gone, Danny, but these kids are still going to be wearing masks when they go out a lot because they, they, they were programmed as children and it sucks, but I, I, I don't know a way around it. I don't. Yeah. It's going to take a while. Oh, my mom and dad told me I better not take it off today. It's, it's just going to go on for a long time. Unfortunately, the one thing I will say for me, and uh, I would say about 70% of the staff had their masks off. Mm. And uh, and the dean of the school 
one thing he did tell me is he's like, I think it's important for the kids to see our faces. And oh, see, yes, yes. Yeah, to see our facial expressions and, you know, to really get a handle on things going on on the campus. That makes a lot of sense because when kids can't see your facial expressions, you're only using your words and that doesn't always work. So, you know, it was nice to see a lot of the faculty for the first time. I swear to God, the ladies in the office, I had never seen their faces. Yeah. It was it was so strange. And some of them should have put their masks back on. <laughs> that, that's the problem, Dan, right? Because, uh, you know, it's kind of a lot of times women will get all dolled up, put a lot of makeup on. But yeah. when you had the mask, what's the point of putting the makeup on? You know, you got the mask on. Yeah. Now you got to go back and do all that bull crap again, I guess. If you're into that. Yeah, of course, who am I to talk? I have a face for radio, obviously, but. Uh, I, I go and I, I go to the lunch. Like I talked about on yesterday's podcast, I go to work with the kindergartners and, uh, that same girl, Aria in the afternoon, she was following me around and she said, I'm going to marry you. I'm marrying Mr. G I'm going to marry you. And I'm like, uh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> She's hugging my leg 30, se- 30 seconds late. And, and Ben, you know, not that you get a big ego from a five-year-old telling you, yeah. They think that you look nice without your mask. 30 seconds later, she was doing a very bad impersonation of me, sticking out her stomach, saying, I'm Mr. G. Like a very unflattering, you know, uh, talking shit. And I was like, wait, 30 seconds ago, you wanted to marry me. You cannot like, figure can't, out women, yeah, even at you, five years old. You can't exactly. She's out. already listen. That she, the rest of her life should be the same way. <laughs> She'll be you know twenty some years old. She'll be dating. Same bull crap's gonna happen. Some guy, some oh. other kid that you know, some other school is gonna be you know the same age gonna be dating her and be like, what the hell are you? I don't understand. What now, are you one, doing? One final thought on the mask. I noticed that my energy levels are way way up. I would say by forty percent. Your breathing is labored, especially when you're outside and you're chasing kids around and you have a physical job. That thing was a killer. I would go home and want to collapse. Now I've actually been coming home and getting emails and stuff done because I still feel good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like the the breathing, it's not good. It's not, it's not, uh, even, and I'll be fully transparent here. I, I, I always thought this was kind of preposterous and ludicrous back, you know, even when it started. So I, I would go walking when I lived at the old place and I was like, this is completely nonsensical, but so many people felt like uh, if you didn't wear the mask, you know, it was insubordination of society and all this bull crap. So what I would do is I'd wear the mask as like a chin strap. And then if I was walking, I walked by people, I'd raise it up. And then as soon as I walked past them, I'd, I'd lower it. And that would be, yeah. That would buy, be my way to get around it. But, uh, yeah, and I, I feel you on the showing up, the, the parents showing up and giving the, the, the stank eye, you know, giving you the, the, the side eye, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I hate that. And I see, I see these uh, pompous assholes uh, occasionally. You know, I go out to the store or something like that, and I, I don't wear the mask. And there's still people, they, they, get, they look at you like, well, what's wrong with you? But, but there's part of me also thinks, in addition to people being, programmed and trained now that they have to wear the mask and they'll it'll take them a long time to change their habits the other issue here is i think there's a lot of people that don't realize the mandate's gone they just they think it's still going around they don't pay attention to the headlines and they just like well it must be still going on they haven't gotten the memo i think there's those people also 
that don't want to, you know, they don't acknowledge the media in any way. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, you know, they told me years, you know, a month ago, two years ago to do this. I got to keep doing it. You know, those parents that were like that on Monday morning, I just gave them a thumbs up and an even bigger smile. Hi, I like the Saints. I figure, all right, you're going to flip me off with your mask inside your car. I'm going to smile at you even bigger. Yeah. No, no, I always, I, I, I'll walk around here and I'll, I'll take, I, I take pictures. I have a, a photo collection of people sitting in their cars at red lights with masks on. <laughs> I do. Uh, and like that, those are our fellow human beings. We are all the same here. We're all, you know, it's uh, the most uh, illogical thing ever. You're not going to get COVID while you're on the freeway by yourself in a yeah. car. And if COVID was that, you know, contagious, then what's the point? You know, I mean, you really, uh, we, you know, come on. What do we do? You don't need to have anxiety over that. Stop. Stop with the emotional collapse and all that. Uh, last thing here, we're going to combine these last uh, last two things the uh, that we we tease because if you tease Danny, as you know, you got to please the swing and a miss and the ghosted, which is really the the same the same dealio here. Uh, so real quick, so over the years, I have been very blessed to have multiple culinary establishments across the United States named food dishes after me, and uh, it's been very cool. Some of them have come and gone. We had the Maller Pizza in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that didn't last very long. Uh, we also had the originator, the OG, in Syracuse, the Malzone, which is a it was a calzone with the Maller touch. So it was like Philly cheesesteak, but it was the it was really good. Nice. And uh, but we still have we still have three items on the on the menu, the various menus. We've got the Maller Fowler at the Bird, the ballet there in Lawrence, Kansas. We have the Maller Chicken Fingers at the Landing in Liberty, Missouri, right near the Royals Chiefs Complex there where the, the, they play their, their sports in Kansas City. The Maller Buffalo Chicken Sandwich. That's at three locations now, Danny, in Denver. That place started with one location. Three locations, the greater Denver area, at the Sportsbook Bar and Grill. So I've had place. that. I've had that sandwich. A good sandwich. So I bring this up because we, we were close, at least I, I thought we were close, to having another food dish. And the return of the Maller pizza. You like avocados. Right. And so I'm bringing this up because it's got a kind of a disappointing part to the story, the wrinkle to the story. So I've been corresponding with a, a fan of the show discussing the Maller pie. And the plan was to add this to the, to the menu. The rule is, if you're new to the show, the Maller, the, the, the way this works, all you have to do is put it on the menu. You don't have to pay me or anything like that. I mean, we and occasionally I will promote these restaurants from time to time and whatnot. And so the Maller pizza is roasted garlic, bell pepper. I like to throw different colors to make it really pop. Red, green, yellow, uh, throw some onions on there. It's very simple. It's a simple pie. It's the kind of pie that will keep vampires away because of the garlic and all that stuff. And so, so anyway, uh, this establishment in the Northeast in the Boston area was going to, to do this. At least that's what I was told. And, uh, however, I, I think I need to contact the ghostbusters here because, uh, Danny, all of a sudden I've been ghosted and, uh, uh the, uh, as in vanished. And so I've, uh, I've decided since I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's been long enough. I think that we're, we've moved on from that or they've moved on for that or whatever. So uh, if, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there. Nobody has to do it. Maybe nobody will. But if there's some mom and pop shop out there that would like, to, is interested in this, uh, then, uh, you know, contact me. And I, I love promoting small, small restaurants. I know how difficult it is in the restaurant business. I've had friends in that and how tough it can be. And so I'd love to help you out. And 
I, I'd like to bring the Maller pizza back. So you can email me, contact me, benmallershow at gmail.com. And, uh, and again, the rules are very simple. All you have to do is put the Maller uh, name on there, some kind of food dish, and then that's it. And then uh, we've, we've had you know, multiple P1s. I know moving man Matt in Boston's done the Maller food tour multiple times. Of course, he's got an excuse because he drives a moving truck all over the country. We had a few other listeners that have done that. And, and so uh, I've also thought of the, if the pizza's not a thing, how about the Maller burger, Danny? We could do that. I've never had a Maller burger. Never done the Maller burger. So we could do that too. No, I'm not going to choke on my meat. What would the Danny G dish be if a restaurant's like, I want to, I like Danny G more than you, Maller. What would a food dish be for Danny G radio? What do you think that would be, Danny? What would you come up with? Let's see. What's my go-to dish? I would say a pasta for me. Some kind of pasta, like a fettuccine Alfredo or something yeah. like that. Or, yeah. Yeah. Pasta, maybe a lasagna. Okay. There's a really great place here called Maria's and the pasta is outstanding. I mean, you would kill somebody to get their lasagna and they serve it to you in one of those hot tins. Yeah. So even when you get it home, it is super hot. And you know, a restaurant means business when they're serving up lasagna like that. The flavors are superb. So yeah, I would, I would like a nice lasagna. When I think of a mallard pie, I'm thinking maybe uh, instead of a salami, maybe you do a bologna. Since you are the Beethoven of BS. <laughs> well, that would be funny, like a bologna sandwich, you know, the yeah. Maller or something like that. That would be that would be funny. But you're see, I have, I'm on a fast right now as we're doing this, as we're you're doing the podcast. And and you talking about that pasta. Whew, man, it's making me wish I had some pasta right now or uh, some kind of great Italian food. My I had that last Friday night with my tenderoni and we took it home. And they said, it's going to take 40 minutes. And we were okay with that. We knew they were making everything fresh. And we know they serve it up really hot in their, in their tins that they yeah. send you off with. So when we got that on the kitchen table and we spread it out, it was like a smorgasbord of goodness. And I was really strategic. I'm like, I'm going to just take one little slice of this lasagna, save the rest for tomorrow. Brought it to uh, the studio with me. It lasted for two days. What a weekend just having that Italian food like that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I had lately the Italian place we've been going to occasionally is in uh, down in Orange County in Huntington Beach called Casino Romano. It's wonderful. It's right. Literally the park. There's a parking lot behind it. And then the beach Sunset Beach is on the other side. There's like so there's some you know beaches, you know, houses on the beach, but there's a parking lot. A uh, line of houses and then the beach. And then on the other side is the, the restaurant. This place is really good. Outside. I'm making a note of that right now. It's really hard to convince my tenderoni to go to Italian. Hey, where are the white women at? That's the least visited kind of restaurant by us because she doesn't want pasta. Nah, no, come on. You live, only live once. Enjoy oh, life. Man. Yeah. Here's what come you do. Danny. Here's the move. Unfortunately, she's probably listening to this, so she'll hear it. But the move would be take your uh, your queen tenderoni to Huntington down in that area and say, hey, we're down here anyway. Why not have a I, I know a good Italian place. Boom. Done. Right. Just like yeah. that. I'm going to do that. She had a nice Caesar salad and she likes chicken piccata. So she'll do the chicken. OK, I got you. I got you. All right. Damn, I'm hungry now, too. Let's go eat. I know. Right. I'm, I'm not, all sound very appetizing to me. I mean, I'll take even some uh, some cheese ravioli or something like that. I'm good to go on that. My taste buds are, uh, are wandering. Little taste. 
Anyway, have a great rest of your Saturday. We will catch you on the mailbag on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Hasta la vista. No later skater. You didn't, you didn't do your. <laughs> Hasta pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Got a murder. Got to go.